0: Greetings and salutations to everyone listening under the sound of my voice. I am back with the right foot stepping in first and the left foot stepping in after. I go by the divine attribute of Jason Tyree, otherwise known as a man called Jason. And you are listening to the Walk With Jason podcast, the number one podcast here In my home. It's not a false claim. It's the number one podcast here at my home. And hopefully it'll be in your home as well. Okay? Anywho, got a good episode coming up. I was feeling some type of way last episode, but this one, you know, I'm I'm okay now. I'm good. I'm good. I even added a new segment, you know, where I answer questions. So y'all stay tuned for that. All right? Okay. Maestro,
1: drop that beep.
0: Welcome and welcome to the walk with Jason podcast. Yeah, episode 21. Is this episode 21? No, this is episode 22. Oh, my bad. Yeah, I remember now because episode 21 was a little solemn. I was, I don't know, man. I was in some type of mood last episode. Anywho feel a little better uh i don't know what that was (laughs) i didn't even advertise for it i didn't put nothing on social media for it it was whatever whatever um but yeah back again 22 episodes and these things are going by fast i almost i ain't ain't gonna front with you i'm gonna keep it 100 i almost forgot to record today Uh I forgot to re- I almost forgot to record this podcast, man. I really did. It is actually Sunday night. Y'all getting this on Monday, but this is Sunday night. Um and I was chilling. I was actually watching uh WWE Hell in a Cell. Uh that's what I was doing. Um Let me give my shout out real quick. Uh I'm gonna give a petty shout out to Rob Butler because you know we had a little bet going on at his Lions and, and my Niners, you know what I'm saying? Who was ever, whoever was gonna win, you know. We had a little bet going on. And uh They almost came back on us, man, but you know, we pulled away with the W. That's right. Yeah. Um, hold on, before I before I go on, let me let me say who I am. I, I don't think I said who I was. You guys are probably listening for the first time. Like, who is this guy? Even though it says Walk With Jason Podcast. You should assume that my name is Jason. But I'm going to go ahead and introduce myself formally. I am your host, Jason Tyree, a.k.a. a man called Jason. That's right. And I got a little something new that I'm adding on to the podcast, you know. Because uh, I want to hear from y'all. I want to hear from the people. right so what i'm doing is i'm gonna go ahead and ask questions ask jason so that's gonna be a new segment and i'm gonna do it at the beginning um but before i go into that let me give my shout out shout out to donna that's right donna yates i'm gonna give a shout out to you she's from rva just like me what what Uh, She liked the Niners, smart woman right there. And uh, most importantly, I appreciate what she's doing in the community. Um, Yeah, I mean, we we talked on on numerous occasions, and she's working as uh, she works for Saving Our Youth, Virginia, you know, and just the impact that she's having in the community and just her heart. You know, I appreciate her. So, shout out to Donna. She actually asked the question. So that's a good segue. (sighs) Good segue here. So let me let me break out the questions first. Then after the questions, I'm gonna you know what? Because this is all brand new, it's all on the spot. Let me go ahead and tell you how my week has been. Then we're gonna get into the questions. All right? Cool. My week. Remember last week I was about to say something and then I was like, nah, I'm gonna save it to the next episode. I'm glad I did bit because again last episode I was oh I was in a mood but you know I'm glad I saved it till this episode so without further ado, um I know that I've been talking about my job my job situations if you would if you listen to the first I don't know maybe 16 seventeen episodes, you can kind of get the full story of my employment journey uh just to give a backstory for those who haven't listened to the other episodes uh i was uh, well i wasn't unemployed but i was job searching for a year and a half um because the job i was previously working for you're going through some transitions um and about to kind of they were on the verge of going out of business so it was kind of like all right you need to start looking for another job uh asap so For a year and a half, I was looking for a job, right? And it got to a point where majority of the people who were turning me down was saying, oh, wow, you have a great resume and a wonderful portfolio, one of the best. But we decided to go with someone else. So getting at least 150 of those, I say a little bit over 150 because I was applying like a madman. You know what I mean? Applying was almost like my full-time job. But just, the more I kept getting those rejection letters, the, the less I started getting offended. I was like, you know what, that's their mistake. That's on them. So anywho, came across this opportunity about two months ago to work for this job. Um, it's in Colonial Heights, Virginia. And you know, they took a chance on me. Now, when I first got the job, one of the hiccups, one of the things about it was the pay. And I was like, ah, I feel like I'm compromising because the, the, the big idea was not only for me to land a job, but to land a job where I'm getting paid what I'm worth because I've been getting underpaid my whole career. And so I was like, you know what? I'm not going to settle. I want to get paid what I'm worth, right? So when I accepted this job, I I almost felt defeated Because I was like I'm falling back in the same trap again I'm getting paid under my worth But You know I really felt like Let's just hang on See what happens And so about a month into the job um, A couple of things happened One My supervisor um, Told me that She's moving Out of the state like she's going across the country um not only that i had two other job offers come out of nowhere and so i went from not having anything for a year and a half to having these options and i was like oh shoot okay and so i didn't i wanted to pick the best option and the option that made the most sense and the option that even if you know, I, I wanted to get out of my own way because you can get in your own way and be like, yeah, I want to get the highest paying job, son. Yeah. Da, 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 da. But it's more to it than just the salary, because ain't no way I'm going to be getting paid a whole lot of money going into a stressful environment or going into an environment that I know I can't do the job. So it was one of those things where I had to pray and just say, OK, God. You know, open the doors that's supposed to be open, and close the doors that's supposed to be closed. That's see, that's that's an interesting addition to a prayer: closing doors. You know, nobody really goes to God and say, "Hey, can you close that door, please?" So, I just wanted clarity on it. And so, this past, I think no, it's been about a week now. It's been about a week. Um, I made the decision, and I went on ahead and accepted. Promotion at my current job. Now, the thing about that was we had to go back and forth a little bit as far as how the raise was gonna be because we was already starting low, but we got it to a point where we were able to negotiate a real you know, real comfortable adjustment. I mean, heck, 20% raise, guys. Okay, not even gonna front with you, 20% raise promotion, um. you know, extra week of vacay. All of that within two months of me being on the job, man. Like, that's rare, you know, and I don't take that for granted at all. And I think the biggest thing for me was how um how my coworkers responded. Like they were so happy that I took the job. Like I just in this two months we've we've kind of grown a a connection uh, within the within the team, um, my coworkers and stuff, and so they were happy. One of them was about about to be in tears and everything like that. I was that shocked me the most. Um, and so you just never know. Your decision is always going to be bigger than you, even though you may think, "Oh yeah, I got this. This for me. You know, what I'm saying I got to look out for me." No, every decision you make is bigger than you. Remember that. Y'all remember anything else? Remember that every decision you make is bigger than you. It's not about yo, I'm living my own life. You know what I'm saying? It's about me. I'm gonna do me. Ah, that's fine. I get it. But what you decide to do will affect more than just you. You know what I mean? So remember that. Remember that. Remember that. um But yeah, extremely happy. Um. And we hope that it continues that way, right? Oh, and in March, I get reevaluated and may get another bump in pay, depending on my performance. Which you know I'm gonna knock it out the park anyway. So I'm just looking at for another up in pay come March. It is what it is. You know, now I'm in the manager realm of the job already, and there's nowhere to go but up. So. Yeah, just wanted to share that. Now, let me get into these questions, okay?
1: We'll get into the questions.
0: So let me pull up the questions here. Thank you for the people who actually left questions. Like it's cool to like my post, (laughs) but it's even better when you actually leave a question. So thank you to the people who left the questions. You get a partial thank you for the people who liked it Thank you for liking it At least y'all saw it and paid attention I appreciate that too But uh, let's get into these questions, man Ask Jason And I'm going to post it every week on social media On my Instagram and my Facebook Just to give y'all an opportunity To to submit your questions I'll answer them um, To the best of my ability And we'll go from there Okay? Cool Tim actually has two questions well actually he never asked the questions he he was contemplating asking me questions and he was like I want to ask something profound and then I want to ask something mocking my sports allegiance you can ask anything it can be serious it can be jokingly ask questions I'm ready to answer you know what I mean so Tim, next time, go ahead and ask those questions. Now, Donna Yates, shout out to Donna again, like I said earlier, you know, she gets the shout out of the week. Um, Donna, she asked, is it okay for a doctor to not tell a patient that they have occult, have occult spina bifida, bifida? Spina bifida, I've heard of that before when that patient is constantly in pain then she goes on to explain a colt uh spinal bifida i don't know if i'm saying bifida right anyway there's a form of spinal bifida where the vertebrae has a hairline crack in it from what i understand here's the thing i may not be well versed in the terminologies or any of the medical terms or whatever like that um, but if the patient is constantly in pain I don't care what it is the doctor should be telling the patient what's going on They shouldn't be hiding any information you know so I, I, I don't get it I mean doctors get paid enough I don't know why they withholding information for the money that they're getting you know what I mean so I think that should be told um that's my answer on it. We're gonna move right along, okay? Thank you, Donna, for that question. Lachelle Capron Williams. That is my sister-in-law, guys. Um, she she be hating sometimes, you know how sister-in-laws be kind of wish they're like their brother-in-law, stuff like that. So that's cool
1: and all I mean,
0: whatever, whatever. Nah, I'm kidding. Uh <laughs> Lachelle. She asks what is what is it really like to have not only married the love of your life but to also gain such an awesome sister-in-law you see how she is see how she slid that in at the end oh my goodness well i'm gonna go ahead and answer it <laughs> you know what i mean oh petty self anywho uh what is it like To not only marry the love of your life, but to... Okay. What it's like to marry the love of my life is awesome. Because the love of my life just so happens to be my best friend. And I've I've said it before. I don't know if I said it a lot on this podcast, but I've said it before in in general. That, man, if you ain't marrying your best friend, then what you doing? Uh, What you doing? Like... If somebody knows more about you than your spouse uh, or your significant other. If somebody knows more about you than your significant other, then how significant could they be? You know what I mean? Like... And that, that's not something I immediately got when I got married. That's something I had to work on and I have to continue to keep a mindset of like, wait a minute, my wife should know more about me than anybody else. It's a continual thing. Marriage is a continual thing. It's not one of those. Oh, we walk down the aisle. Let's go ahead and set this on autopilot. No, sir. Uh Uh, you don't cut your grass once, do you? Nope. Because it keeps growing just like your marriage should keep growing. But you also need to keep it maintained and presentable and nice and healthy and as much you know we should work on our marriage it's just like folks be working on their lawn they be putting the seed in oh i'm gonna make mine greener oh i'm gonna put the flower bed right here you know what i'm saying i'm gonna do this and everything like that if you paid that much attention and detail to your lawn you should do that to marriage you know what i mean so anywho And again, such an awesome sister-in-law. Now, even though she was being petty, uh, I do want to answer this in a way she probably didn't expect. Now, the thing about when you marry your wife, you're also marrying her family. And that was one of the things that sold me on my wife. Like, her family is awesome. I'm not one of those grooms or husbands it's like oh i dread my in-laws i love my in-laws like crazy um they were the first family that i got to see a, a complete family what it looks like you know what i mean um, and like i said they just moved from boston to richmond um and they live right around the corner now. So that's awesome. I was actually helping a little bit with my father-in-law, just helping to move some stuff into the house and things like that. But I have an awesome, awesome family. And that's a blessing. My sister-in-law included, I guess. Now, nah, she's cool, man. She's awesome. She accepted me from the beginning, even though she thought I was a thug. We're not going to get into that because the way I used to dress, praise God, maturation. Anywho, let's keep it moving. <laughs> uh, Felicia Banks. What's up, Felicia? Yeah. Uh, Felicia, she asks, what is it like with children repeating grades with other siblings? Advice to parents on making that choice. Just per- parental wisdom you've gained in the walk. Thank you for that question. That's a very good question. Um... I don't know. Some of you may know because I mentioned it before, but last year I had to hold my son back um, in the third grade. He was in the third grade and everything else was good, but his reading was a couple of grade levels behind. Um, And even though the teacher passed him and was like, I mean, he can go to the fourth. I was like, whoa, wait a minute. nope. I'm going to keep him back because I didn't want to set him up for failure. Meaning that I didn't want him to just keep getting passed on to the grades, which a lot of children are getting passed on and not really fully getting it. And then, you know, sometimes they eventually graduate from high school and struggle in the real world. I didn't want that for my son. So I was like, instead of just passing you on to the fourth grade, because I know that's going to kick his tail. Let's stay here in the third. Let's do it again, man and work on this some more and so it was very hands-on with the teachers and everything like that and just making sure he got it the second time around and he excelled i mean he did his thing got on a roll and everything like that and now he started the fourth grade and just it's been two weeks they've been in school now and he is he bought home, a, so far he's bought home like two or three 100s. He got a 102 on a uh, on a quiz. Like, he's knocking it out the park now. He is really ready for the fourth grade. I couldn't say that last year. I couldn't say he was ready for the fourth grade. He's definitely ready for the fourth grade, and he's executing it. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to my son. I was about to hold my daughter back um, this year, but it's one of those things you just have to really know your child and know, you know, kind of, it's different for, for each child. You can't put it on autopilot and say, Oh, I have multiple kids. I can just parent them the same. No, they're each different. And so I was really, my wife and I were really contemplating holding my daughter back, but we allowed her to go to the fourth grade. And so, um, She's in the fourth grade. We're gonna to continue to monitor her. Her weakness was math, but I also think that her biggest struggle last year was the teacher that she had. Now I'm not here to badmouth teachers or anything like that, but it was a struggle um, for my my oldest daughter and uh, her teacher. Like we was just really clashing. Ironically, as life would have it, my. Uh, my younger daughter who's a year younger than my oldest daughter she's in the third grade now and she has her sister's teacher from last year so it's like we get the teacher again and at first we was thinking all right we need to get her out of this class as soon as possible but we talked to the principal and the principal was very adamant about not doing that and at first i was like but i kind of get where she was coming from too she's like Kids are different. My this daughter may respond differently to her, and she's very confident in her teachers. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. But you know, we're gonna give it a try with this teacher again. But now we know what to expect with this teacher. So we have a heads up on if anything triggers uh any issues. So we'll see how that goes. Uh Let's see. I got two more questions, I believe, and I'm going to wrap this segment up. Right? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Let's go ahead and ask questions. I might have to cut a segment or go fast. or something. I don't know. Whatever. We'll see. I don't even know why I keep rushing myself. I control these podcasts. You know what I'm saying? Anywho, uh, Lachelle, look, my sister-in-law again. She has another question. What is the most important value you think fathers should instill in their children? Very good question. Very good question. What is the most important value you think fathers should instill into their children? <sighs> I don't think there's a generic answer for that question. Um, I do think There's quite a few things Honesty Integrity Um, One of the things that my mother taught me Was you know Not to be easily flattered Not to be easily offended That, That helps with your self control Because people are going to be people And you can't control people But you can control yourself And how you respond to it So that's one of the things You know I try to instill into the kids um, and just be better than you. You know, a lot of times, especially I know with parents, they're like, you know, I want you to be better than me. My my dad used to say it, you know, um, you know, son, you, I want you to be a better man than me. Um, and I go to my son, I go to my kids, but especially my son, I'd be like, I don't want you to be better than me. <laughs> Mm-mm. Because I'm I'm still alive Like I'm not dead or anything I'm still trying to kill it out here You know what I'm saying I'm trying to be the top Jason I can be I maximize Jason So I don't want my son to be better than me And if he's trying to be better than me Then we're going to be competing Because I don't want him to be better than me What I do want him to do Is be better than him Because I can't be my son He's his own person and he's the best version of him he can be and I want him to continue to be better than himself you get what I'm saying a lot of times we we say the narratives and it sounds nice and it sounds full of wisdom but at the end of the day you have to answer for you you have to improve yourself don't be trying to chase my shadows and walk in my shoes you know what I'm saying? I know this podcast is called Walk With Jason, not walk like Jason. uh, uh-uh. Walk with me so you can see how I go through journeys and then you be like, you know what? I can go through my own journey. That's what it's all about. So, yeah, I instill that in my kids as well. Uh, last question. This is by my honorary sister, Candace Carter. What up, Candace? What what? Um, (laughs) her question is, um, are you where you saw yourself at thirty plus five? So I think I'm I'm thinking she meant, am I? Do I see myself, or am I where I saw myself at thirty? And then again at 35. That's what I think it's saying. So I'm going to answer it according to what I think she's she's meaning. Which most of the time I'm right. But anywho. Am I where I am. Where I saw myself at. 30. So I guess at the age 30. Did I see. Because I'm 36 right now. So did I say. Hmm. Six years from now. I'll be here. Six years from now. Da da da. No, I'm gonna just go ahead and just answer that real quick. No, I did not see myself. Let me, no, let, let me, let me, let me, let me think about that for a second. What year did I turn 30? Uh, 2011. So in 2011, oh no, nope, 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 nope. Did not see myself here. Um, uh, I didn't even see myself back in Richmond because I was in Oklahoma, 2011, this was the beginning of 2011, I was actually unemployed, yes, I was unemployed, nobody was, this very similar, wow, very similar, I was unemployed, I was in Oklahoma, we were barely making ends meet, I think it was even like ramen and hot dogs and all that stuff, it was it was struggles we were surviving um we was living in an apartment that was too small for us cuz we just had our third child and she was sleeping in the living room um yeah cuz i just got let go from my church job i was working at a church and they let me go I'm not gonna get into that completely but um, yeah that was a very dark moment in my life when I turned 30 so if you would have told me hey man you're gonna be a homeowner living back in Richmond um, with a, a manager position at your job and you have a, another child and yada yada know, nah, I didn't see this did not see this at all to answer your question, Candace. Now that I'm thinking about it, all right. Well, that's it. Uh, we are approaching 30 minutes <laughs> just on this segment. Uh, so the other segments are going to be a little quicker this week, but yeah, I, I think I'm gonna keep this format, answer the questions, bring them. I think what I'm going to do, if I get more than five questions, I'm going to just cap it off at five and keep it moving. We'll see. I don't know. I say that now. It may change. But anywho, keep it locked. I'll catch y'all on the next segment. See ya. Welcome back to the podcast, the Walk with Jason podcast, that is, that's right, I am
1: still your
0: host, Jason Tyree, aka a man called Jason, and this two-cent segment, my two cents, is where I give you my two cents on current news, um, well not news, but I'll pick a, a, a news article or a news topic and, you know, expound on it and I asked for your feedback at the end. So that's what I'm going to do here. If you're not following me on social media, go ahead and do that. Walk with Jason everything. Or you can go to walkwithjason.com. Um, yeah, and find me there. Well, this My Two Cent segment is actually and unfortunately a continuation from last week. Last week is where I was talking about the cop who shot the neighbor. Um, Yeah, that situation there. Botham Jean, who got shot by a cop who was off duty. She went to the wrong apartment. Opened the door, I guess. I don't, you know, and shot Botham Jean. Killed him. Unfortunately, it's happened in Dallas, Texas. Well, some more information has come out since the last podcast. And um I want to have a discussion now. Cause I think last podcast, I wanted to wait so a little bit more information come out. And I tried my best. I y'all heard me pleading. Y'all heard me pleading <laughs> last episode. Now, I did not want to toss out that race card on this one because both of Gene is black. The off-duty cop was a white female. Did not want to go there. Last episode, but this episode, I got a little bit of time. I got a little bit of time because the things that have developed since then really got me scratching my head. So we're gonna talk about it. We're gonna talk about it. Okay. All right. All right. Here we go. Dallas police attempt to smear Botham Jean over a tiny bit of weed and they failed miserably. That's the title of this article. There's been many articles kind of like this. Um, Police waited until the day of the innocent man's funeral to release the affidavit claiming they found weed in Botham Jean's home. An obvious smear campaign. Now, let me pause for a second before I read the article. I specifically remember reading last week the good things about Botham Jean. You know, he sung in his choir. People at his college was like, oh, he was such a great guy. So many warm things about this guy that people kept saying. And I was like, as I was reading, I was like, uh-oh, this is, you know, hey, I rarely get to see this because normally and unfortunately, when situations like this happen, and it's a black guy getting killed, they like to demonize him. And I was like, wow, these are a lot of nice compliments about him. Oh, but why for it? Why for it? Here we go. Let's read now what what's transpired since then. Dallas, Texas. The Dallas police on Thursday announced the findings of a search warrant they executed on the home of Botham Jean after he was gunned down in his apartment by one of their own. The department is now accused of trying to smear Jean by claiming they found a tiny bit of marijuana in his house. As it as if it justifies going into someone's home and murdering them. This is a very opinionated article, um, you know, so you may. I may be reading it from a slanted point of view, but so far they haven't been wrong. I mean, I don't, I don't, whatever. I'm gonna I'm keep reading. I'm gonna keep reading. Uh, The timing couldn't have been more insidious. I like that word. People should use it more insidious. Insidiously planned as the police released the affidavit on the day of Gene's funeral. Wow. Despite having allegedly found the marijuana last week. Um, according to the affidavit, when they searched his home, police claimed to have found 10.4 grams of pot. That's less than a half an ounce, okay? Now, an ounce is 16, uh, less than a half an ounce. (laughs) Less than a half an ounce. You want to know... What that's pretty much if you dig in your pocket right now and pull out some lint, that is the size of the marijuana that they found in his home. Oh, my goodness. What are we doing here, guys? What are we doing? Police also said they found two fired cartridge casings, a police backpack and vest and medical and metal. Marijuana grinder, the horror. Even if police did find marijuana, why on earth would they execute a search warrant on an innocent dead man's home and then release that information to the public? That's a very good question, article. I'm glad you asked that question because I was thinking the same thing. They, police, immediately began looking to smear him, attorney Lee Merritt said. I think it's unfortunate that the law enforcement began to immediately criminalize the victim in this case. Someone who was clearly the victim and had absolutely no bearing on the fact that he was shot in his home. Uh, I can go on. This is a pretty lengthy article, but this is ridiculous, man. Like why aren't they doing a search warrant on the police? The off-duty police. We got to keep I got to keep saying off-duty because you have to realize this wasn't a cop killing on the job. She was off-duty. And I don't know, guys, maybe it's just me, but if she's going to the wrong apartment and then pulling out her gun and shooting Perhaps she was the one with the weed. Did anyone think about that? Being that, you know, it was just the size of lint of the marijuana. That could have fell out her pocket. All these other police related things that was found in his apartment probably belonged to her. I mean, if I, I, I've never, ever smoked weed before in my life. But my assumption is. I don't know. Maybe some weed heads out there can answer this for me. But. You guys don't have the sharpest of vision, right? So you probably aren't aware immediately that, hey, man, I was so high that I walked to the wrong apartment. And I thought somebody was breaking in, so I shot him, even though I couldn't see clearly. That's possible, right? man, hmm? nah, That could be possible. But anywho, I'm going to just wait for it. I'm going to wait for it, and I'm going to just, I'm, this, is, this is stupid. This is dumb. I don't care if the man had a meth lab up in that joint. What happened was wrong. Dude got killed by an off-duty police officer in his own home he could have had the infinity stones in his house. That is no cause for my guy to lose his life in his own home. Something ain't adding up, you know? And I wrote a song about it. <laughs> I'm sorry, because it remind me of the living color joint. Wrote a song about it, like, here it, here it go. No, but <laughs> in seriousness, all seriousness, I wrote a song, come on guys, you know I don't really do this. I don't really promote my music. But this hits home, you know, because I remember doing a song specifically on black men and it was an, it was the mixtape before this one called My Point of Hue. And um, y'all should hear that entire mixtape. If you haven't heard the entire mixtape, go listen to it on my website, walkwithchasing.com. You can find it under music or something like that. I think it's in there. You'll find it, it's not hard to find Um, Go ahead and find it Because my entire discography is there But I want you to specifically uh, Check out that whole entire Mixtape, it was the one I released Not this year, but last year Yeah, last year Anywho, there's a song on it called Black Men Matter Um, And I'm going to play A snippet of it right now Goes right in line with this man So Go ahead and listen to that I want to hear your feedback on this um, Since the story has developed a little bit Let me know what you think Let me know if I'm in the wrong Again guys I'm always open For dialogue And I'm not sitting here saying I know all things So if you have a better point of view Of this or a, a different point of view And you like to share your point of view I'm all ears Leave your feedback on my social media um, wherever you follow me um, I want to hear from you but anywho I'm going to play a snippet of Black Men Matter um, and then we're going to go into the next
1: segment alright Cheer. all black men cheat nope all black men will kill you nah. all black men lie nope they always have and they still do nah. all black men are trash nope all black men are no good nah. all black men are dogs nope all black men are souls nope all black men this and all black men act You say black men matter But all black men are whack. All black men are insecure All they like to do is fight women All black men are dead beats. All black men are Hashtag, hashtag with our name on it We probably all look the same, don't it? We can't even get slain before it's flipped And we take the blame on it Similar paths these deaths take Criminal paths get dug up It's pitiful that our deaths are justified simple. that from the first day of emancipation To now where we're emasculated Our values have evaporated Especially since the assassination of black leaders like Martin Luther Our driver's gone like a car in neutral But I feel a shift when I'm talking to you Glory, glory, hallelujah Amen A black man to be more specific The narrative for black folks depicted Is so twisted and notices And a whole track of racial division I'll prove that in the next verse But right now it's the networks Like Fox News and CNN They call us thugs and yep that hurts Cause I'm a black man with four kids And a wonderful wife And nope I never, so dope I never did drugs And never had a gun in my life oh, I'm here to break the stereotype I'm trying to put an end to this Cause we're catching it from all angles From racist to feminist all black men cheat. Nope. All black men will kill you. All black men lie. Nope. They always have and they steal too. All black men are trash. All black men are no good. All black men are dogs. Nope. All black men are so All black men this. And all black men that. You say black men matter. But all black men are whack. All black men are insecure. All they like to do is fight women. All black men are deadbeats. All black men.
0: Welcome back to the podcast. Walk with Jason podcast, that is. I am your host, Jason Tyree, a.k.a. A Man Called Jason. In this segment, I must change this segment to just the music segment or something. I don't have a cool name for it. It used to be lyric reading, but I don't read lyrics every week. Sometimes I talk about music or sometimes I take this segment completely out. This is always the first segment to go if I needed to cut a segment, but I'm not going to cut it, but I'm also not going to read lyrics this week. I'm sorry. It's been like two episodes since I read lyrics. We'll get back into it. Trust me. But what I do want to talk about is the the, um, development of this. Wow. Wow. Let's get it together, Jason. Why am I struggling? His name is Machine. There we go. Machine Gun Kelly. (laughs) And Eminem. Um, Machine Gun Kelly, MGK Released this I think about a week or so ago And everybody was like Oh I think it was called The Devil's Devil's something I forgot the name of it I really did Um, But anyway Eminem Came back finally Because I knew he was going to Eventually come back And respond to Eminem. I knew it was going to happen. And there's been mixed reviews, which I'm kind of surprised there's mixed reviews on Eminem's response. Because when I heard it, the name of Eminem's response was called Kill Shot. And I personally think M got him. But I realized what ha- what's happening. I realized what's happening, and it's kind of funny to me because we're in an era now where people like flow better than lyrics. I think it's kind of been like that on the low, but it was really prevalent this time around. So a lot of people are grading MGK a lot higher in this or they're grading M way lower than this because they were expecting, I don't know what they were expecting from M, but M got graded hard on this or MGK got graded very easy on this. So um, the thing about it, my, po- my standpoint from it, M won this time around and M didn't even win at full power. He wasn't a hundred percent on this. He, he was toying around with MGK on his response. He was like, ah, tap, 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 tap. Ta. But the crazy thing about it was the quotes. Like, I quoted so many things he said in the diss. Um, golly, he said, I'll give you my sandals because he knows as long as I'm shady, he's going to. Have to live in my shadows. Now I said it in a very hallmark way, but that's a dope line because he's playing off the fact that he's shady, you know. Shady shadow, that's a dope line. Come on, you know, as as long as I'm shady, which is actually his nickname, but as long as he's shady, double entendre there. He's going to have to live in my shadow. Come on, that's clever. What's another thing he said? This is your moment. This is it. As big as you're going to get. So enjoy it. Had to give you a career just to destroy it. Oh my goodness. Let's pause for a second. I had to give you a career just to destroy it. Eminem paved the way for Machine. Good grief. Why am I... Butchering this dude's name, Machine Gun Kelly He paved the way for this guy to have a career So he, in essence He gave this man a career just to Destroy it That's that's gangster, that's Thanos Right there, Uh, lethal injection Go to sleep Six feet deep I'll give you a B for effort But if I was Three foot eleven, and then he kind of goes On, if I was Three foot eleven, you'll still look up to me I think he said something like that Anyway, that was dope. That was a cold set of bars right there. Uh, Here's an autograph for your daughter. I wrote it on your starter cap. I don't. Uh, he said it so casually, I don't think people really caught it immediately. I did because he's essentially saying that if y'all remember the song Stand, the starter cap, that connection, he's pretty much saying Machine Gun Kelly was Stan this whole time, which is hilarious to me how he made that connection. <sighs> then I think one of the biggest lines he said was, we can all see your blanking salty because young Gerald's gonads deep inside of Halsey. Now... <laughs> Now, Young Gerald is uh, what's 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 his rap name? I forgot. Oh, why am I drawing a blank? But he's incorporating another white rapper. I forgot his name. I know it's something G. What Young G or something? I forgot. But he's in, he's talking about him and that whole fiasco there. So that was that was a <laughs> that was a bold line right there. Then there was the one. I'm going to talk about that last line later, but I I named at least five or six lines that I think were subtle but le- lethal blows to Machine Gun Kelly cuz all Machine Gun Kelly first of all, let me let me let me start off by saying Machine Gun Kelly he did his thing. The fact I I liked his diss because he was he didn't come in unafraid. He wasn't like, "Oh, oh gosh, Eminem's going to kill me." He came at M now, granted, he was still giving him props while tearing them down, which was kind of confusing, but I liked it. And let's be honest, man. Machine Gun Kelly's coming out with an album next Friday. I know what all of this is about. I don't know why everybody else is oblivious to the fact, but come on, man. Come on. They probably set this up the whole time. But anywho. Um, yeah. Oh uh, Machine Gun Kelly was like, oh M, you're old and your beard looks weird and you know, yada yada, you need to retire, and nobody was messing with your last album. And Eminem corrected him because I think Machine Gun Kelly was like, Your last four. He was like, that was actually three albums ago. Get your your facts straight and yada. Da, da. That was funny. Um so I I like Machine Gun Kelly's diss. But I think M knew what he was doing. He didn't give up a lot of energy. Because I guess y'all was expecting M to spaz out. Why? This is Machine Gun Kelly, guys. M called out so many rappers. If he would have spent all his time and energy on Machine Gun Kelly, then he wouldn't have had no energy left for anybody else. And I'm sure Joe Buttons is still sitting there like, okay, I'm just waiting for you to directly come at me. Which I honestly don't think is gonna happen, but it should. But you know, it's whatever, whatever. Anywho, the the one of M's lines though that I was kind of I'm I'm gonna see how that plays out because he said uh, that um, that puff line about puff being the reason that um, he pretty much said, and I can't remember verbatim what he said, but he said Puff sent out the hit to kill Pac. And I was like,
1: oh, oh my
0: goodness. (laughs) But then at the very end of the song, he was like, you know, Puff, I'm playing with you. You know, I love you. I was like, fam, you couldn't have said that in the late nineties. And with a, oh, the fact that he said it now, I'm still like, "Ugh!" so that line was probably the most shock value line on the whole disc. And, J Electronica, who hibernates for like three or four years, then surfaces up and then goes back into hibernation without releasing an album. <sighs> Anywho, he has something to say about that. Talking about, yeah, you better watch your mouth. I'll come, la 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 la. And I was like, ain't nobody checking for you, J Elect. Get out of here. And I guess Royce caught wind of it and was like, yo, I. I dare you to say something. I dare you to say something. And if Royce versus Jay Electronica happen, oh my goodness, that right there will be a battle. And my money's on Royce. I mean, Jay Electronica is nice whenever he, you know, decides to rap. But Royce? (laughs) Listen, I, I think Royce is... Unpopular opinion. I think Royce is better than him. Just gonna throw it out there. But, you know, it is what it is. Anywho, that's my take on that. Shout out to Akil. That's right, Akil. Double check. Checking out something. Yeah, that's right, Akil. It's right. Off their post in Tomo. Yo, I think Machine Gun Kelly got him. Nah, son. Nah. 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 I don't think so. I don't think it's a blowout. I think Machine Gun Kelly could still win. I don't think he won off that round, though. It's just my opinion, though. If you can can give me at least five quotables from Machine Gun Kelly's joint that rivals Eminem's lines that I just said, then I'll reconsider. No one has done it yet. Who's on Machine Gun Kelly's side? No one has done it yet. So
1: I'm just waiting. I'm just waiting.
0: I'm right here. Whew. Anywho, uh, yeah, that's it for this segment. Uh, <laughs> that that this is topic um, on this Facebook group that was brought up. Like um, somehow we got on the topic of best disc records of all time and. Somebody brought up that No Vaseline. Ice Cube. Um, was the best. And I said that it was top three. Granted, No Vaseline dismantled NWA pretty much. But I said it's top three. It's probably number three on the list. I wouldn't give it the top joint. Because you got Hit em Up and Ether. I don't see how you can get above Hit em Up and Ether. First of all, Hit em Up. Pac Dist. Biggie, Biggie's wife, Biggie's side chick, Biggie's co-workers, Biggie's uh, company that he works for, um, he threatened his kids, he even talked about Prodigy who was on Sick of Cell, and the whole nine. I mean, Pac really went all the way off, and I'm sure that contributed to him losing his life in some way, shape, or form. But, yeah, so you got to hit him up. Then, like, when I heard, first heard hit him up, I was really concerned for Diddy. I was concerned for Diddy more than I was concerned. For, no, I was concerned for both. I was concerned for, for Biggie and Diddy. I was like, oh. Uh, I was concerned for Pop because I was like, they're definitely going to try to kill this dude now for how he came at them. <clears throat> but, anywho, then you got Ether. Ether was so bad that Jay-Z responded emotionally with Super Ugly and then apologized, like, the day after he released Super Ugly. Like, he was on Hot 97, and Jay-Z's mom called up there and said, you went too far, you need to apologize. And my dude had, had tears in his voice. Sorry. That's what Ether did. Jay-Z is arguably the greatest rapper of all time. And Nas made this dude bleed. Okay? Off of Ether, Okay? So, I can't see those two going below No Vaseline. Props to No Vaseline, but it ain't touching those two. Anywho, that's the segment for this week. And we're going to get into petty sports next. Stay tuned. Welcome back to the podcast. Welcome to Jason Podcast. That is. Y'all already know who it is because I already said it. The other two segments. Urgh. If you're this deep into the podcast, you already know who it is. What? <laughs> uh, It's a lot going on. It's a lot going on. Uh, people were complaining that Triple G got robbed from Canelo. I, I mean y'all dare do not to run and he was like okay so he kind of got what he was asking for I know I know man but he got cheated this is all set up for the the the, the third and final joint we're gonna see just relax guys they're gonna fight again um yeah so that was that the Serena Williams thing went a little bit longer than I thought. I didn't expect them to, to, to linger on this one a little bit longer. Uh, Guys, unpopular opinion. But Serena was in the wrong. What? What? Serena was in the wrong? Yeah, she was in the wrong. She wasn't completely wrong. I mean, she had to speak up for herself, and I admire her for that, and Yeah, the ref was being a little petty. Um, That's true. But at the end of the day, man, the ref was like, the ref was doing his job. Let me explain. What happened was Serena's coach wasn't supposed to be coaching her and giving her hand signals or anything like that. That's a violation. That is a violation. No matter how you look at it, that's the rules all across the board. Okay, Serena was like, "I wasn't getting coached. I wasn't getting coached. That wasn't what was happening." Da 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 da. And she was clapping at my guy, and the emotions got the best of the ref, and he, you know, went took it a step further. She took her argument a step further, and it escalated. But the fact of the matter is, the ref initially was like, "Hey." This can't be happening. And Serena was like, it wasn't happening. He wasn't coaching me. Comes find
1: out, the coach was like,
0: yeah, you're right. I was coaching her. I was giving her hand signals. You're right. So either Serena was lying or Serena didn't know that the coach was in the wrong. Ah, Serena's been doing this for quite a long time. I think she would have known that the coach was giving her hand signals because she definitely was looking at the coach giving her hand signals. Fam, no matter how we shake this up and doctor it, there's a fault somewhere in there that that Serena has to own up to. Was she right about everything else? Absolutely. Sure. Not, Not arguing against that. But I need Serena to fess up to this part. Because it's, first of all, it's on tape. Second of all, it is a clear violation. And I have yet to hear her address that. She hates the ref guts. I understand that a lot of tennis players actually hate this ref. I get it. But it still doesn't negate the initial situation at hand. It was a violation. And Serena was acting like it wasn't. Unpopular opinion. But, got to call it like I see it all across the board. Now, uh, I think it's a dumb opinion. I mean, a, th- a dumb rule. Well, no, it's not a dumb rule. I think, I think what other people was thinking the ref should have done was be like, Oh, well, that's Serena. She wouldn't cheat. I'm just going to go ahead and ignore what's happening over here. I think that's what cats really wanted to happen. Fact of the matter is, penalty or not, Serena was going to lose anyway. So, you know, it is what it is. And I saw a clip earlier this week where they were showing um, how guys, it was this guy, I think it was McIlroy, and he was just snapping at the ref. I mean, he was going off, breaking rackets, being just super emotional. And they were showing clips like they didn't. Sh- That's the thing about social media and clips and memes like it it gives partial information. I get what the point was going f- towards It was like men can act like this. But if Serena goes off, then suddenly it's a problem. I get that point. But the full story is McElroy definitely was getting punished for all those things. He didn't get off easily with that joint. And first of all, it's McElroy. He's the only one that was... Hey, I remember he got escorted out of the tournament. Like, he had to leave the premises because he was wilding out. They, w- they wasn't letting this dude fly like the clips show. Uh, so I get it, but got to tell the full story. It... Memes in general, dude, I don't get it. Because, like, we're on a sports segment. Like there was a meme going around. I think DL Hughley took hold of it and posted it, and everybody was running with it. It had Tim Tebow on the sideline kneeling, and it was like, oh, this is okay for him to kneel, but if Colin Kaepernick da 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 da, like you know, Tim Tebow was kneeling for the flag and da 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 da. No, he wasn't. That was during a playoff game, and there was a teammate of his who was hurt. He was kneeling on the sideline praying for the teammate. That's what the picture truly was about. But no bun likes context. They like to take things out of context. Context? What is context? Let's throw that to the side. Let's go ahead and take this and run with it. That's what memes have been have been subject to nowadays. But, you know, whatever. Um, pow, 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 Where am I going with this now? Talked about Floyd. Uh, Floyd Mayweather and Manny Pacquiao. They have announced that they are going to fight Again. I ain't checking for this fight man I'm not I don't care I mean shout out to Manny For getting his bread You already know Floyd gonna get his bread He's getting at least 9 to 10 figures for this No he's not getting 10 figures He's getting 9 figures for this So is uh, Manny Um, Maybe it's scripted that Floyd loses or something I don't know I'm tired of betting against Floyd Mayweather. I I'm not a Floyd Mayweather fan. Um I, I mean, but you got to respect his record and his discipline and how he how he's been um in boxing. I mean, I, I can't ignore that, but I've I've always rooted against him. I don't even I don't even think I have the energy to root against him this time around. It's whatever, whatever. Uh <laughs> But they're fighting again And best believe Just like last time I'm not paying To see this fight I'm gonna see the fight But I'm not gonna pay To see the fight It is what it is Just being real with y'all Anywho uh, NFL A lot of things happen in the NFL uh, <laughs> Well You know It's Sunday So I've, I saw The first set of games And half of the second set um, You know Actually I saw I was paying close attention to The 49ers And the Detroit Lions game Shout out to Rob
1: Butler What up Rob
0: <laughs> Boy we almost blew that game though But we pulled it off And we got our first win of the season Against the Lions Man our defense is suspect Even with Richard Sherman on that joint Suspect so hopefully that gets better. Uh what happened? Oh, my dude uh Von Vontae Davis plays for the Bills and the Bills was getting washed by the Rams. Washed. They were getting washed so bad that Vontae Davis at halftime said, you know what, guys? I quit. I'm done. Not only with this football team, but with football in general, I retire. My dude retired, retired from the NFL in the middle of a game. That's crazy. (laughs) Wow. Wow. Then what's up with the kickers? for the browns man boy they they find new ways to lose games and this time the kicker boy i oh i mean that 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 game was in reach that kicker said nah i don't feel like it today um but i think the worst kicking performance has been the guy from uh the vikings <laughs> My dude missed not one, not two, but three easy field goals, man. Three of them. You know he's walking back to Minnesota. They're going to leave him in Green Bay right where he is. And He's going to walk back home because those, he, oh, I mean, I just felt, I felt bad for the dude, man, because he was, it wasn't like, it hit the upright and, and miss. He was missing them joints wide right every single time. The laces were out and everything like it's supposed to have been. The, the holder did his job each time, but this dude just kept kicking away. He was like, oh, that's a field goal. Nah, let me kick it to a fan. Like, it was bad, bro. And then, you know, the Vikings were losing by like 13 or something in the fourth. Came back, tied it up. They're going into overtime. They have an opportunity, dude. I mean, this is like a 30, maybe a 40-yard field goal. They did their best to position his joint. Aaron Rodgers on the sideline like, Ugh. Ugh, this is tough. We fought hard and we're about to lose. They line up. My dude kicks that mug wide right. And they lose. They didn't lose. They it ended up in a tie because it was overtime. <sighs> he gotta go. He gotta go. That was sad. Um, the Patriots, boy, they was getting. They got spanked. What it Well, they got spanked. Don't let the, the final score fool you. They was getting spanked. Um, I'm not familiar with the other scores right now, but. Yeah man, it was it was, uh, it was pretty bad. It's pretty pretty weird weekend of sports games. Yeah. Actually, let me see if I can pull up some scores since I'm here. Pull it up. Okay, Dallas leading the Giants? I mean the Giants. Anybody can beat the Giants. But the <laughs> Dallas out here Okay Dak Prescott tossing a 64 yard TD to Tavon Austin Tavon Austin is dope I don't know why the Rams got rid of him They weren't really utilizing him Uh, Let's look at the NFL See what happened Uh, See all Get these scores These are the scores? That can't be all the games Alright let me look up here because something's wrong with this page Anywho my Niners beat Detroit Dallas is leading uh, New York Giants Cincinnati Beat Baltimore Cincinnati man they hooping They hooping uh, The Saints They ended up pulling off that win Against Cleveland Rams No I'm sorry, the Bills was playing the uh, Chargers They were still getting whipped though um, The Chiefs Oh, the Chiefs have been hoping Oh, Pittsburgh and 2 Well, they're w- 0-1-1, sorry um, Chiefs have been hoping, dude Mahonis, whatever dude's name is He got 10 touchdowns already this season This is only week two That's a record, guys, by the way Oh, the Redskins lost to the Colts? Wow. Didn't see that coming. Um, the Dolphins beat the Jets? Wow. The way the Jets played last week? I'm surprised about that. Philly lost to Tampa Bay? Listen, Jameis Winston, his job is on thin ice because Fitzpatrick is hoping. Cardinals, I mean, The Falcons beat the the, the Panthers. Wow. Tennessee beat Texans. And Green Bay ended in a tie with the Vikings. The Rams. It was the Rams who killed Arizona. 34 zip. Good grief. Denver beat Oakland by one point. Man. Okay. All right. Let's see what we're doing out here. Anywho. We're gonna end this next segment. We're gonna end the podcast with the, the the last segment coming up. Keep it locked. Yo, welcome back to the podcast. We are concluding the podcast with the Crying Jordan Face of the Week. Yep, y'all know what time it is. Crying Jordan Face of the Week. <laughs> I wish there was some jingle to kind of go there. But whatever. Whatever, governor. Um, let's uh let's briefly talk about this one here. I don't feel like reading all this. I'm gonna give you the gist of it all. Okay. Uh a novelist who wrote about how to murder your husband has been charged with You guessed it, murdering her husband. Okay. (laughs) Life imitating art here. Um, Nancy Crampton Brophy seemed to have a knack for writing about the murder of spouses. The Portland, Oregon-based romance novelist wrote books about relationships that were wrong but but never felt so right, often featuring bare-chested men on the cover. In The Wrong Cop, she wrote about a woman who spent every day of her marriage fantasizing about killing her husband. <clears throat> in The Wrong Husband, a woman tried to flee an abusive husband by faking her death. And in How to Murder Your Husband, an essay, Crampton Brophy wrote about how to get away with it. She wrote the post on the blog, C Jane Publish. In November of 2011, describing five core motives and a number of murder weapons from which she would choose if her character were to kill a husband in a romantic novel. She advised against hiring a hitman to do the dirty work. An amazing number of hitmen rat you out to the police and against hiring a lover. Never a good idea. Poisoning was not advised either because it was traceable. Who wants to hang out with a sick husband, she wrote. After all, Crampton Brody wrote in her post, it was made private after inquiries from the Washington Post to the site administrators. If the murder is supposed to set me free, I certainly don't want to spend any time in jail. Boy, this is creepy. In real life, she appeared to follow some of her own advice, at least according to police. Rather than hire a hitman, she allegedly pulled the trigger herself. Crampton Brophy, who was 68, 68 years old, fam, what's happening? Was arrested September 5th on charges of murdering her husband with a gun and unlawful use of a weapon in the death of her husband, Daniel Brophy. According to the Portland Police Borough, she was arranged Thursday appearing in a in blue inmate clothing and ordered jail without bail. Court records show. She has not filed a plea and her attorney declined to comment when contacted by the post. I mean, at this point, why would you even file a plea? Why? You, you pretty much narrated the whole thing. The police have not revealed the alleged motive. The story was first reported by the, or- the Oregon again. Oh, that's not the or okay. It was What? how do you pronounce this? The Oregon The origin we're going to spend time doing this. I should get the crying join face of the week just f- for trying to pronounce this. Anywho, we're going to skip over that because it's not important. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> it's a big shock. It's a big shock. Brophy's mother, Karen Brophy, told the police of her daughter in law's arrest. But we're not making any statements. <clears throat> Fam, this is long. I don't have time. But she gets crying during the face of the week. How you going to write about what you're going to do and then do it? And didn't expect not to get caught. Like, fam, I bet you the investigators and detectives went into work was like, oh, open and shut case, Johnson. This is pretty easy." She pretty much gave us the manual right here.
1: This is
0: dumb. It's stupid. Come on, guys. Come on. But you know, you also gotta be mindful of the art that you're putting out because a lot of time. Life imitates art. So just be mindful of that. Anywho, Crying and Join and Face of the Week goes to you. Okay? All right. Well, that is it for this episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Please, if you have questions, ask Jason, go ahead and leave them on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, whatever. Or on my website. Just go there. You know what I mean? Walk with Jason Everything or WalkwithJason.com. When I say walk with Jason Everything, everything means Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You can find me on those by the username Walk Jason. Okay? That's what that means. So, hope you all have a great week. It's been a pleasure. I have been your host, Jason Tyree, aka a man called Jason, aka Teddy Tendergrass, aka Dark Kent, Dark Tent, Clark Kent. That's right. I'm in the booth. Y'all wanna see me changing the Superman? Dark Tent, though. You know what I mean? Chia. Curtis J Field, I'm your pusher. Skip the LeBron's garbage. Uh <clears throat> Adultish Gambino, because I ain't a child. Ain't nothing childish about me. Get it right. Urgh. AKA Jason St. Patrick. That's right. We didn't kill Dre. We should have we killed somebody else. I'm not gonna spoil it. People who haven't seen the season yet. Like myself. Shh. Anywho, um, aka <laughs> screaming A Smith.
1: Triple G got robbed. This is blasphemous. How 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 can you tell me that he was leading? I had him leading at least two rounds. At least two rounds. And they go ahead and they give it to Canelo anyway. Robbery. This is blasphemous. The the, the mitigated gall that they would
0: go ahead and do this. You know what? You know what? I I don't want to talk about it no more. I don't want to talk about it no more. AKA, I wear basketball shorts to bed because I'm young, but I have a lot of kids. That's right. They feel good. You don't want to wear no hot cotton pajamas to bed. What is wrong with y'all folks? Why are we dressing up to go to bed? Just put on some basketball shorts, baby.
1: That's all you got to do.
0: A.K.A. Animated Gift Flare, woo! That's right, Jason. What are your thoughts on this? I got an animated gift for that. Uh, um, A.K.A. Friday the 18th, Jason. Yeah, he's that's right. Cause I was born on the 18th, not the 13th, and I don't have a ski mask. I'm still scary. What? <sighs> Be scared. A.K.A. The Dawn, Jason Corleone. Mwah. A man who does not does not take care of his family is not a man at all. Yeah, walk away with that. Mm-hmm. Yep, A.K.A. your token creative guy. I could be a token black guy too. Depends on what that am I in, my end? and I'm okay with that. It's fine, right? Anywho, A.K.A. Young John Amos slash James Evans. It's right. 'Cause I'm probably the only TV dad that will whip your kids. That's right. AKA 36 Savage, 36, 36, 36, 36. Uh, 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 uh. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> AKA Guap Prime, about to transfer my money. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> what? AKA Jimmy Swagger, the preacher curl. You know what I'm saying? I'ma get in the gym again. And when I get back in the gym, psh, y'all better leave all your time for money on the floor, cause I'm finna sweep it up, baby, with these preacher curls.
1: <clears throat> One,
0: two, three. I'm finna look like Dwayne. I said Dwayne. Yeah, that is his name, Dwayne Johnson, The Rock. Finna be swole as him. Nah, I ain't doing that. I've I've conceded in that dream. Uh, But anywho, Edgar Allan Bro poetry for y'all. What, A.K.A. If you tailgate me, I will tap on my brakes like the Savion Glover that I am. Better go on to another lane, or you gonna pay for a new car. A.K.A. If you owe me ten dollars, you ain't giving me nine. Trust me on that, okay? A.K.A. Jason Betta. A.K.A. Jace, you know what I'm saying? P. Diddy named me pretty. Take that, take that. Uh, bad boy. A.K.A. Lisa McDowell's first boyfriend.
1: She's a queen to be.
0: I don't know why Lisa left me to marry a king, you know what I'm saying? Because he's a prince? Come on, fam. Out there. in Samunda. That's not even a real country. I Googled Samunda. Couldn't find it on Google Maps. She just wanted to leave me. That's what the real story is. That's cool, though. I let her leave. You know what I'm saying? A.K.A. New. A.K.A. Alert. The Richmond Rattlesnake. And that's the bottom line. Because Stone Cold said so. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not the Texas Rattlesnake. I, I live in Richmond. That's why. Okay. Anywho. i catch y'all next week. Y'all be easy. And before you go, I have one last question. Who wants to walk with Jason?